0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show.
1: Young Americans are the best educated generation ever. So why is it taking them so long to launch their careers?
0: In order to launch a career and ultimately to form a family, you used to be able to do that by the time you were 25 or so, and now that only happens to young people over the age of 30.
1: Then... You may have heard of those tax-saving accounts to help you save for college or retirement. A good deal? Not necessarily. We'll have the story.
0: It may sound like a great idea, wow, I get a tax break, but it's important to understand all the hidden costs. The higher the potential tax benefits, the higher the fees.
1: Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The current crop of young Americans is the most educated generation ever, but it's taking a lot longer for them to launch their careers. To find out why and what can be done about it, let's welcome Dr. Anthony Carnavalli, who's Director and Research Professor of the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. They recently issued a report titled, Failure to Launch, Structural Shift and the New Lost Generation. Tony, your report says structural economic shifts and two recessions have turned this into the lost decade for millennials, and those, we should note, who were born between 1977 and 1992. Why has the Great Recession been worse for millennials than for other Americans?
0: The millennials were hit with a double whammy here. That is, there's a structural change in the economy that's been going on since the 80s, really, where you have to have essentially a new phase in the life cycle. You need to get some kind of post-secondary education or training or learning on the job in order to get started in the economy. And then on top of that, they've suffered through three recessions, including this one, which is the deepest of all. And that only made things worse for students and non-students who didn't get the necessary entry-level skill.
1: Many older people may not necessarily be aware of how much of a structural shift has occurred. Could you give us a few examples of how the millennials' career path compares to previous generations?
0: If you go back to the 1970s and even the early 1980s, about 70% of American workers had either a high school degree or they were high school dropouts. And most of them, more than half of them, were in the middle class if you measure the middle class as anybody who makes more than, say, $40,000 a year in current earnings. Nowadays, the economy is turned upside down in that sense. 65% of the jobs require at least some post-secondary education or training. So it is really a necessity for more and more young Americans to get something after high school.
1: There's an interesting aspect to your report in that it focuses on young men and how they've been disproportionately affected by these economic changes. Why are men having greater problems than young women?
0: The old industrial economy was very kind to men. It allowed men with high school or less to get a job and then learn the skill they needed on the job. In manufacturing, for instance, you could start out on the load and dock and you could become the accountant or a machinist or a supervisor or an executive eventually. In the modern economy, that doesn't happen anymore. So men have lost their momentum in the economy, and women have gained some momentum because they do tend to get more education in men and are more trained for the new economy that requires it.
1: Are there other uh, demographic groups that are also having serious problems?
0: There are different stories for different groups. Among women, the story is that they get plenty of education. They get more education than men do now, whether it's college or graduate school or any kind of training. But they tend to be in occupations that don't pay very well. For minorities, the issues are fairly similar. That is, they tend to have low success rates and participation rates in post-secondary education, so they're hurt by that, and then when they do get post-secondary education, it tends to be in the less well-paid fields.
1: Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Anthony Carnevale, director and research professor of the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce, and we're talking about his recent report examining why Americans in their 20s and early 30s are facing such an uphill climb in their careers. Tony, aren't all workers of all ages in the workforce today faced with these same challenges of amping up their skills?
0: If you got started in the 70s or the 80s as an adult, you had much easier entry. There wasn't much entry barrier to you getting into the workplace, which is, after all, the real trainer. That is, in the end, the education you get is really something that helps you get entry-level jobs that then allow you to go to the big college, which is the workplace itself, the place where you're going to learn for over a 45-year career. So the millennials were the first to face the fact that the entry-level requirement was a lot higher, and they're just having trouble breaking through and getting in.
1: Why do you think today's colleges and universities are failing so badly in preparing young people to compete in the job market out there?
0: When we began to demand more and more education from people to get jobs, we found out fairly quickly that, as employers did, that the high school education wasn't enough, and they needed something more than that, and something more than that in the American system is what we traditionally call college. But college really wasn't built to give people job training, and nor arguably should it be. I mean, in the end, the purpose of higher education is to allow people to live more fully in their time, but... The new reality is you can't live more fully in your time if you're living under a bridge or if you're lucky in your parents' unfinished basement.
1: Tony, perhaps the most frightening part of your report is you believe the problems that young people face today are probably not going to be temporary.
0: In the end, what we're talking about is a structural shift in economists' jargon, which is to say in order to launch a career and ultimately to form a family you used to be able to do that by the time you were 25 or so and now that only happens to young people over the age of 30 so it takes them a lot longer to get launched and a lot of them don't make it so this isn't going to change the recession made it much more painful and more pervasive because even people who did get good college educations were having trouble finding jobs but ultimately they'll be okay it's the people who don't make the transition from high school to some kind of work-based learning. They're going to be in trouble from here on out.
1: But there is one a bright spot here. You say that the long-term trends are actually more encouraging for older workers.
0: We have two shifts. One is on the on-ramp for young people. And they need more education to successfully get on that ramp and start a career and start a family. The other change is that the off-ramp is different now. That is, people with high levels of skill and oftentimes high level of education are people who stay in the labor market much longer. So in the end, we've got changes both on the on-ramp and the off-ramp, and they both have to do with education. One thing, however, that is not the case that we found in our work is that in the end, older workers really make jobs for younger workers. By staying in the labor market longer, they're not crowding the younger people out. In terms of their retirements alone, they'll create 32 million job openings for young people over the next 10 years.
1: Aside from what you just said, are there other possible solutions to these problems we're facing?
0: Ultimately, we need to find a way to afford to retire people who are on the off-ramp and to make it easier for them to work and to retire at the same time. That is, the old lockstep march from school to work to retirement really doesn't apply anymore to younger workers and older workers. It's all jumbled together. Younger workers need more work experience and access to internships and things like that to get their careers started and an education system that aligns more carefully with career requirements and older people need to work and retire at the same time.
1: Dr. Anthony Carnavalli, director and research professor of the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. Tony, thanks so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you. Next, are those tax-saving accounts to help save for college a good deal or not? The eye-opening story, coming up. Stick around. There's more track straight ahead.